Part two, chapter twenty three of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thus Spake Zarathustra, second part. Quote, and only when ye have all denied me will I return unto you. Verily, with other eyes, my brethren, shall I then seek my lost ones. With another love shall I then love you. End quote. Zarathustra Part One: The Bestowing Virtue. Chapter Twenty Three: The Child with the Mirror. After this. Zarathustra returned again into the mountains to the solitude of his cave, and withdrew himself from men, waiting like a sower who hath scattered his seed. His soul, however, became impatient and full of longing for those whom he loved, because he had still much to give them. For this is the hardest of all, to close the open hand out of love, and keep modest as a giver. Thus passed with the lonesome one months and years. His wisdom, meanwhile, increased and caused him pain by its abundance. One morning, however, he awoke ere the rosy dawn, and, having meditated long on his couch, at last spake thus to his heart. Why did I startle in my dream, so that I awoke? Did not a child come to me carrying a mirror? O Zarathustra, said the child unto me, look at thyself in the mirror. But when I looked into the mirror I shrieked, and my heart throbbed, for not myself did I see therein, but a devil's grimace and derision. Verily, all too well do I understand the dream's portent and monition. My doctrine is in danger." tares want to be called wheat mine enemies have grown powerful and have disfigured the likeness of my doctrine so that my dearest ones have to blush for the gifts that i gave them lost are my friends the hour hath come for me to seek my lost ones with these words zarathustra started up not, however, like a person in anguish seeking relief, but rather like a seer and a singer whom the spirit inspireth. With amazement did his eagle and serpent gaze upon him, for a coming bliss overspread his countenance like the rosy dawn. "'What hath happened unto me, my animals?' said Zarathustra. "'Am I not transformed? Hath not bliss come unto me like a whirlwind?' Foolish is my happiness, and foolish things will it speak. It is still too young, so have patience with it. Wounded am I by my happiness. All sufferers shall be physicians unto me. To my friends can I again go down, and also to mine enemies. Zarathustra can again speak and bestow, and show his best love to his loved ones. My impatient love overfloweth in streams down towards sunrise and sunset out of silent mountains in storms of affliction rusheth my soul into the valleys too long have i longed and looked into the distance too long hath solitude possessed me thus have i unlearned to keep silence utterance have i become altogether 
and the brawling of a brook from high rocks downward into the valleys will i hurl my speech and let the stream of my love sweep into unfrequented channels how should a stream not finally find its way to the sea forsooth there is a lake in me sequestered and self-sufficing but the stream of my love beareth this along with it down to the sea new paths do i tread a new speech cometh unto me tired have i become like all creators of the old tongues no longer will my spirit walk on worn-out souls too slowly runneth all speaking for me into thy chariot o storm do i leap and even thee will i whip with my spite like a cry and a huzzah will i traverse wide seas till i find the happy isles where my friends sojourn and mine enemies amongst them how i now love every one unto whom i may but speak even mine enemies pertain to my bliss and when i want to mount my wildest horse then doth my spear always help me up best it is my foot's ever-ready servant the spear which i hurl at mine enemies how grateful am i to mine enemies that i may at last hurl it too great hath been the tension of my cloud twixt laughters of lightnings will i cast hail showers into the depths violently will my breast then heave violently will it blow its storm over the mountains thus cometh its assuagement verily like a storm cometh my happiness and my freedom but mine enemies shall think that the evil one roareth over their heads yea ye also my friends will be alarmed by my wild wisdom and perhaps ye will flee therefrom along with mine enemies ah that i knew how to lure you back with shepherd's flutes ah that my lioness wisdom would learn to roar softly and much have we already learned with one another my wild wisdom became pregnant on the lonesome mountains on the rough stones did she bear the youngest of her young now runneth she foolishly in the arid wilderness and seeketh and seeketh the soft sward mine old wild wisdom on the soft sward of your hearts my friends on your love would she fain couch her dearest ones thus spake zarathustra notes by anthony m ludovici nietzsche tells us here in a poetical form how deeply grieved he was by the manifold misinterpretations and misunderstandings which were becoming rife concerning his publications he does not recognize himself in the mirror of public opinion and recoils terrified from the distorted reflection of his features in verse twenty he gives us a hint which it were well not to pass over too lightly for in the introduction to the genealogy of morals written in eighteen eighty seven he finds it necessary to refer to the matter again and with greater precision the point is this that a creator of new values meets with his surest and strongest obstacles in the very spirit 
of the language which is at his disposal. Words, like all other manifestations of an evolving race, are stamped with the values that have long been paramount in that race. Now, the original thinker who finds himself compelled to use the current speech of his country in order to impart new and hitherto untried views to his fellows, imposes a task upon the natural means of communication, which it is totally unfitted to perform. Hence the obscurities and prolixities which are so frequently met with in the writings of original thinkers. In the Dawn of Day, Nietzsche actually cautions young writers against the danger of allowing their thoughts to be molded by the words at their disposal. End of Part 2, Chapter 23, Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.